What's going on, guys? You're listening to Monday Madness here on the Culture Jacked Podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in. I hope you had an incredible, absolutely incredible weekend. Today on the show, we have several topics we're going to be covering. A little bit of news with uh, a little bit of stuff on games, a little bit in the entertainment video world. And then we're going to be diving into directors. That's the uh, main topic of today. Uh, My weekend so far has gone very well. I've been piling through a bunch of uh, just miscellaneous items through the weekend. It's been very good to include going through a couple of boxes of comics that have been sitting around. So I was happy to do that. I still got some work to do in that world. I got to throw away some of those old sleeves that comics uh, come in, uh, throw some new boards in there and all of that. But nonetheless, it's uh, been going pretty darn well. And I'm excited to do today's podcast for several reasons. One, I love doing the Monday Madness Culture Jack podcast. I uh, like listening to Dustin's episode. And then if given the opportunity uh to respond or or collaborate to some degree in the conversation. So I appreciate that aspect. But today, oh yeah, today we got something special. So if you didn't see it on the name and you didn't see it anywhere else, today is episode 100. Dustin mentioned that in his uh, Friday show and uh, if you guys didn't catch a friday show of course take a step back get get uh brought up to speed on the multiverse a bunch of just uh good news from just various sources and uh, he covered a lot of different bases in there so make sure and check out the friday show episode 99 so episode 100 it, it does mean a lot to me i know it means a lot to dustin and dustin mentioned this and so currently we have, I believe it's somewhere in the neighborhood of about 114 episodes listed at the Culture Jack. And if you guys haven't caught the other 113, you need to go back and check them out. Um, we've been at this for several years at this point, and it has, uh, as Dustin mentioned, I mean, there's been ups and downs. We stopped. We continued. We stopped. We continued. Uh, we, we, we're trying to get better. We're trying to change things up. We're hitting on topics we probably wouldn't normally talk about. And then we're hitting on topics that we do love to talk about. And uh, from a creative aspect, I absolutely love it, even though, and it's, it has nothing to do with a podcast, even though there are times where I have to uh, kind of force myself to do it. And again, it has nothing to do with the podcast. It's just, I guess, the nature of being human, especially if you have kids and you've got a lot of stuff going on, uh, you know, being presented with the opportunity to sit down, uh, write your notes. If you haven't already, uh, in most cases, I know between Dustin and I, we, we both have evolved on how we collect content, how we discuss content, how we prepare Um, which is a huge advantage when you do have the opportunity to sit down and do, of course, the podcast. Now, the other awesome thing is we're not just a a local podcast. We are an international podcast. As mentioned, I think we haven't mentioned it in a while, but let uh, let me pull up the good old 
application here, and uh, hopefully I'll have some statistics. Maybe, maybe not. I don't. Um, let me see. Let me let me check on. All right. So wow. Uh, where is the countries? So I'm checking the countries. Okay. So right now, the leader in listening to the Culture Jack podcast is still France, ladies and gentlemen, making us international. United States is in the second. Belgium is in third. Culture Jack is an international podcast delight that you need to share with your friends, family, neighbor, dog, social media. Share, share it everywhere. Um, yeah, it's, it, it has been an incredible journey. Um, and I'm glad that, uh, both Dustin and I agreed to jump back in, in 2020 and we've been doing it fairly constant ever since. And it is, it's, it's a, it's a treat to be able to do it. Uh, for my opinion, it's also enjoyable. It's helped me, uh, prepare for it. It's also helped me dive into things that I normally, like I said, I normally probably wouldn't dive into. And it, and with that though, it's also helped me notice things um, a bit different than what I, than what I probably wouldn't, than I probably would have had we not been doing the podcast. I've also learned an incredible amount of information <laughs> based on all the stuff I've talked about, listening to Dustin uh, talk about all of the information he's talking about. And it, it, it's been fun. It really has been. And it's going to continue to. I have a lot of incredible subjects. And there's some really big news I know coming here in 2021 based around tech, video games, entertainment, uh, comics, collectibles, the whole shoot and match. And that is more or less where we, as in Culture Jacked, are uh, we're we're trying to hit on some of those cylinders on a regular basis here. So thank you guys. Thank you all. Every single person that has listened to one or 114 episodes. We are uh, continuing to move forward here into 2021. And, and as I just said, we've got a lot of really cool things in the works. So make sure that you're subscribed to the podcast at any of your favorite podcast providers such as Spotify, iOS podcast, or Apple podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and more. Just go on to your phone, Google Culture Jack podcast. Bam, it shows up. If you hit the follow button, we're in business. You're listening to the Culture Jack every single week, I hope. Um, and, of course, we put a lot of content on Facebook as well. So a hundred episodes in, folks. It is uh, an aspect that Dustin uh, also touched on, which which I find to be extremely cool. And one of the reasons that I was and still am doing YouTube to some degree is um, to be able to capture the moment. Whether we're talking about news or maybe your thoughts on a subject, or you're explaining a subject at that time. Um, I think that's an incredible thing from a personal stance because obviously we're the creators of this. So um, being able to look back and I listened to some, some of our first episodes uh, recently or, or portions of them in preparation for today's podcast, because I'm going to hopefully if you're watching the YouTube video, I splice something together here. I don't know. Well, that's yet to be seen because I got to do the podcast first, but 
um, to be able to reflect back, listen to some of the stuff. And, and like I said, I do on occasion, I'll jump on and listen to something we put out two years ago. And, and it, I find it to still be enjoyable. Uh, obviously, it, it's uh, if I'm on it, it's because I'm holding my perspective. But there has been changes in my perspective, changes in my views on some of the stuff that maybe I talked about then. And uh, the conversations, as always, I enjoy them, um, especially in the early days where Dustin and I had the opportunity to work together regularly, which uh, was was definitely a fun time. Not to say, not to say that what we're doing now isn't fun, because it is. It's 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 a uh, ongoing learning curve, and again, I'm super excited to be able to dive into 2021 um, and and heading toward 200 podcasts or 300 podcasts. But again. Before I jump off the t- uh, the subject here, thank you guys. Thank you, everyone that's listening, commenting. Comments mean the world to both Dustin and I. Um, also, please take a few moments when you decide to uh, follow us or subscribe to the podcast online. You have the opportunity to review the podcast. That helps us. That helps uh, both Dustin and I, but more importantly, it helps the Culture Jacked podcast because if we're getting comments, if we're getting reviews, if everything is looking up, the algorithms with all of these sites start to share us more and we get the ability to grow a little bit easier. So that is the one ask uh, going into 2021 is help us out, share the content, follow, of course, follow, subscribe, and review us on the platform form please that's it that's all i got super stoked uh and i'm excited to see what uh dustin comes up with here in 2021 i'm excited to be able to uh dive into several things as well and with that let's uh keep this truck moving shall we so again here i am in the weekend uh, catching up on some stuff. I talked real briefly about going through some comics. I I do want to do an episode here in the near future talking about uh, some some tips on collectibles if you're into that, but it applies to much more. Um, in an attempt with some of my previous podcasts where I've talked about like bartering or collecting cards or what have you, um, the, the attempt is to take some of the things that maybe I've done or seen or read and then make it relevant to you because I know that you probably don't give a shit about comics. Maybe you're a card collector. Maybe you're nothing. Maybe you're like, I don't like any of that stuff. Not my business, but lo and behold, you have a doll collection sitting on the shelf. Maybe it's applicable to that. Maybe it's not. Maybe you just don't like any of it and that's okay. Um, but I do have some cool, cool things that I want to cover in that world. How about we dive into a little bit of news and then we talk about some directors. And I felt like as I started to uh, collect my uh, agenda for today, that it would be kind of cool. 100th episode. Let's talk about directors. Let's talk about the guys that maybe don't get as much of the limelight some of them have through the years many many years of doing their craft there but maybe don't get as much limelight as uh the actors per se like if you say al pacino you're gonna know exactly who al pacino most most people know or arnold schwarzenegger ryan reynolds 
the list just Leonardo DiCaprio, um, Amy Schumer. You've got uh, you just I could just sit here and just rattle names off endlessly. But that's not what I'm going to do. You know, I mean, it, that's easy to do when it comes to directors, though, and their art and the craft that they they have been able to do. And then the bigger thing to me with this conversation is just recognizing them because there's been times pre COVID and in COVID where I'm like, I don't know what to watch. Now we're finally getting shows of course, but uh, I don't know what to watch. So then I'll revisit, Hey, what was that director that did that movie? I want to see what other movies he's done. And that has, that has led me to some incredible movies just by following the director as a as opposed to following an actor or whatever's coming out at that time. So we'll be diving into that here in a few moments let's cover a little bit of news here i uh screwed up my my uh i screwed up my agenda here i had it all lined up and then i i don't know what i did i did something here and it's all in pieces so i got to use my cell phone i did write a sticky note and ran out of space pretty damn quick let's uh just go ahead and cover some of the stuff i've got some stuff here on my phone i want to cover as well but uh, one thing I did want to touch on is uh, Dustin brought this up, the Resident Evil, the village, the nine foot tall woman, the meme. And I wanted to talk about actually three memes, that being one of them, because he hit it spot on. This lady I have seen everywhere with some kind of most of the time, it's some kind of weird sexual reference. Um. But nonetheless, a reference in some kind of meme activity in forums. I've seen it. I've seen it like unrelated to anything. And then there she was. So I thought that was kind of crazy on how big that is. And it's cool because it's from a game kind of weird with some of the some of the comments and, and where people go with it. But we are a meme culture. And that's the reason I wanted to bring up these other two. One um, that I have seen for i i've seen quite a bit of for quite a while this one's hung on for a minute here and that's the leonardo dicaprio um meme where he is i think he was like drinking some wine or some whiskey and his face is back and i see this all the time in uh, especially in automotive forums i've seen it in a couple of gaming forums where it's like his actual photo and then they uh, did fat face to him and it's like, Hey, when I'm 20, like an example, I just read for like the millionth time on an automotive form, me doing a burnout when I'm 20 and it shows the young Leo and then me doing a burnout when I'm 40, him kind of with that smirk on his face with the glass of uh, whiskey or wine or whatever it was. And uh fat face. I don't know. I just see it all over the place. I find it to be funny sometimes, sometimes not so much. Um, Whoever did that, though, did a pretty good job. And that's also a funny thing about memes right now, and then I'll get to my last one, but is I have seen several celebrities react to memes that they become, and it's like, who did this? And most of the time, it's pretty freaking funny. Most of the time, sometimes it's just, it is what it is, but most of the time, it's funny. So the Leonardo DiCaprio one, the Resident Evil, the Village Woman, they are just uh, running rampant across the internet with taglines, weird comments and everything else the last one though i think more than likely took the cake the, this last one is probably the meme king and you know what i'm gonna say because you saw it everywhere i saw this uh, everywhere and 
when I say this, there is no, there, I, I'm not standing on any side. I'm not pointing anything out other than this photo and this person. If anything, will go down in history for, well, they'll go down in history for several things, but uh, as far as like a social media meme, I don't know, like right now, I don't think this can be topped. And that's Mr. Bernie Sanders with the mittens and hat. That thing has been photoshopped without even looking for this thing. I have seen him photoshopped in like a million different photos with celebrities, with other people, with this, with that. And I just find it to be amazing. Some of it's pretty funny. Some of it's just like you just did the same thing everybody else did. But this, the Barry Sanders mitten and hat thing and sitting in the chair has been a incredible, incredible uh, meme or, or Photoshop photo, whatever you want to refer to it as, because holy shit, that thing has been everywhere. It's, it, it actually has gotten so big. Check this out. It's actually gotten so big. Recently, I read... A article I was reading into uh, some new baseball cards for 2021. I just want to see what's in the market, and I do it on occasion. You know, spend an hour or something, got to read and what what's hot, what's not. I believe it was uh, the 2021 Topps Chrome baseball cards. You may not give a shit about baseball cards, but it's still funny. They're producing a Barry Sanders sitting in the chair card, the inauguration card, and I was like, holy shit! Not only is he Probably the biggest meme on the internet, 2021, 20, you know, the end of 2020, whenever that photo came out. But good Lord, he's going to have a baseball card. Now it's going to be a highly produced baseball card. I wish that the one thing I do wish, because they've done this and, and, and you may not be familiar with card sets, but they've done weird cards and card sets. I wish they would have did a limited edition and had him sign it. I think that would have been a cool thing as kind of a aha kind of thing, high collectability kind of rare, but I think they're doing like 80,000 cuts of the card or maybe more, maybe more, maybe 100,000 cuts of the card. So they're going to be flooded everywhere. Maybe you can get a card and get it signed by Bernie Sanders. I just still think that would be funny because one of the things that'll stick out to you in 2021 as far as, far as I'm concerned is as kind of a funny thing that people did was the the Bernie Sanders. Because again, I seen I saw this guy with in so many different goofy areas and so many, and I, I think it's funny. I don't think it's funny that it's Barry Sanders. I say Barry Sanders, Bernie Sanders. I don't, I, I don't think it's as funny because it's Bernie Sanders. I, and it's not making fun of him. I just think it's funny on how they set that up. And then they executed it. Like it was a mass mass meme <clears throat> out there, but it's also like, like I said, I saw the Leonardo DiCaprio one probably a million times at this point, And then, um, still seeing Bernie out there is kind of funny uh, because he's starting to go away. And then, you, bam, there he is. And then, of course, the Resident Evil woman. Three huge-ass memes right now in social media. All right. Let's uh, keep the ball rolling, shall we? Uh, looks like Netflix there. Let me pull out the phone. So I wrote this note. I wanted to see if I had... Let's see. Okay. We got this covered is the uh, the group that brought this news forward. Ryan Reynolds and Mark Ruffalo are father and son in a new movie from Netflix. 
Uh, so they're shooting that now. There's some photos of them working together. That should be pretty interesting. There's not a lot of details. They tried to find something else out. Didn't go that deep because not much was available. It's just some uh, shots between those two. Uh, regardless, I think that would be kind of cool. Um, Ryan Reynolds is also, I believe, um, working on the Hitman's wife's bodyguard. And that should be uh, also in, I believe that's in production or going to start production, which is part two to the Hitman's bodyguard. So if you guys didn't see the first one, the first one was, was pretty good. I en- I enjoyed it. Um, let's see. For some reason, this is this is where this went bad. I had all my stuff lined up here, and I did something to mix up all of my information for today's show. Oh, uh, Ewan McGregor confirms Obi-Wan Kenobi series will shoot this spring, which is obviously a part of that humongous Star Wars uh, relaunch, reboot with the Disney Plus program. So it is cool that Ewan McGregor is reprising the role as Obi-Wan. Um, and without, without any, uh, I don't know if there's a director tied to it or what, what story they're, they're going with, but, uh, I'll be excited to see what they come up with, uh, as far as that, that goes. And then are they actually, I would, I would, before I say what I was about to say, let me stop myself and let me say, I'm sure, and I'm not well versed in the star Wars multiverse one iota. You like that one iota? should have said one Yoda, uh, one Iota at all. But I would guess that they're going to start launching and doing a similar multiverse kind of thing or a multi, multi-show multi movie world like they're doing with the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which is exciting. Hey, you know, Star Wars is, has been the kind of the juggernaut since uh, it started. And then obviously they went away and then they revamped several times, but it still carries a lot of weight and has the capability of entertaining a very large audience. So that's, that's pretty exciting in my opinion. Um, and it's always good to see again, to see someone reprise their role. All right. So screen crush a few days ago announced that the snack, uh, the snack, the Zack Snyder justice league is officially rated R. It was also announced. I think like a day after that announcement, let me find it here. Uh, that Zack Snyder did state that the Justice League is done. So it is completely done. There were some, uh, I'm going to read you a part of an article here. Yeah, well, no, no, I won't. Essentially, it is, it was an article again by We Got This Covered. And they essentially just talk about how the Justice League, the original, was on its way to be a flop and then will this save it because they had to spend another 70 million for the Snyder cut and that you know the numbers essentially what they were alluding to was like the numbers that it cost to produce it didn't include some of the numbers for marketing and, and it goes on and on essentially it's drawing a line or a similar line between um, Pirates of the Caribbean I think the third project or maybe it was a fourth third or fourth no, the third project uh, cost a shitload of money, like $380 million, and did not break even, or maybe it, it went a little over breaking even, which is not generally the return that these companies want. 
Um, and they were essentially comparing that to what the Justice League could be given that the Zack Snyder cut excels or dominates what it once was. We'll have to see. I mean, it's coming soon enough. Uh, Dustin and I have to do our uh, re our uh, refresh, watch the original, prep up for this next one, and then uh, hopefully we'll both be able to uh, watch the same one within the same time. Maybe we'll do a, a midweek special or, or we'll do something and we will uh, talk the pregame, talk the postgame, and give you guys our thoughts on everything in between. So um, talking about... Let me jump back to Star Wars real quick. Interesting thing that just came out. Star Wars on comicbooks.com announces Disney Plus's first Star Wars series scores a major Golden Globe nomination. The Mandalorian has been nominated for Golden Globe for best TV drama. I hope they take it. I think that would be that would be just I, I think that would be pretty damn cool if they took that. Um, I can't jump too far forward. I'm going to do it anyways. I'm going to regret doing what I just did. I just flipped my phone. Um, it looks like the Suicide Squad is officially done. James Gunn says that the Suicide Squad is finished and praises Warner Brothers for not interfering with, obviously, what his image or what it is he wanted to do. That's exciting. That we got a while until that one comes out, man. I wish they would have did a. I think that's in August. Wish they would have pulled that bad boy back a little bit. I think. Let me scroll through my notes. I think that's it for movie news at the moment. If it comes anything comes up, I'll jump right back to it. Let's talk a little bit about video games. I recently have read several articles. It seems like they're producing something daily. Uh, from GameSpot and from several other guys, and that's Battlefield 6 reveal coming this spring. There's a lot of talk about fully destructive environments, so I'm pretty excited about that. There also is a lot of talk on how many players are uh, the game's going to allow, where it's up to, is it up to 128, is it 256, um, there's I've seen back and forth articles about that. But nonetheless, the Battlefield games, if you like that type of game, are very fun. I hope um, I was on a Battlefield train for many years. Um, the only thing I didn't like, I love the active environment, love the gameplay, loved everything. It always seemed like the graphics were a couple of like a step back, except for uh, some of the single player, not as bad. But it seemed like the multiplayer just wasn't. I don't know. I just felt like it wasn't what it should be. Let's continue the conversation, though, about multiplayer, shall we? Recently, Call of Duty. So I've announced several times on this show uh, that I play Call of Duty, right? Yeah. Okay, good. Cold War is what I've been playing. I did play a little bit of the Warzone stuff. It's it's okay. Maybe not my, type of, my cup of tea. It also takes too fucking long to get into and get going with. A couple of days ago, Call of Duty announces... 60,000 plus accounts have been banned today. And, and that's literally from them. They're the ones saying this. This isn't reported by someone else. 60,000 plus accounts have been banned today. Follow Raven Software for more hashtag Warzone updates. And so let me let me uh, see what the see if there's anything uh, for those that use cheat software. So apparently apparently folks 
Activision recently banned over 60,000 Call of Duty accounts that indulged in cheats to make progress in the game. This was done as players cheat software for the Royal Battle. The Call of Duty ban was done after frustration of the players about wall hack cheats and aim bots. That's so crazy. Since its launch, about 300,000 perma bans have been have happened all over the world of Call of Duty Warzone. Activision is also taking steps to stop cheating in Warzone by identifying those who provided the hacking and modding software to players. Hot damn. I don't know. I mean, I'm as far as obviously there's not a lot of detail there other than the amount and essentially their official response, which that came out February 6th. I think it's right, man. You, it's bullshit. If you're trying to play like, like a casual player like myself, or even if you're an extreme player, you don't need to cheat. I don't think you need to cheat. I think that's a weak way to do it. Anyways, so if you've been if you've been cheating, you may want to stop because you could get perma banned. Let's uh, let's uh, keep going. Oh, there's a clip I forgot to mention. Zack Snyder's Justice League gets the R rating uh, for violence in some language. I told you my notes got. Uh, Got kind of scattered here, unfortunately. Um, there has, in in other gaming news, there has been an incredible amount of something happening. And generally, if the media or or folks start, you, you start hearing something, something normally comes to fruition um, with, within a reasonable timeline, right? So, like all the Zack Snyder cut stuff, uh, between Dustin and I, we've covered it fairly well. Started off as rumors. It grew and grew and grew, and then he's doing it and all of this stuff. Um, many, many other things kind of go that direction. And one that is kind of lingering is what is Rockstar Games doing as far as the next Grand Theft Auto? And recent, recently I've seen uh, Grand Theft Auto 6 is going to be this and then a day ago they they're saying that they're going to revamp vice city that they're going to redo this they're going to redo that nothing is officially announced at this time from rockstar games although good lord wouldn't it be perfect timing for a new rockstar game if they revamp vice city they even if they took the same world get rid of the stories because i don't want to have i don't want to play the same game don't do a remaster that would still be badass i would dive in to that what do you guys think i am interested uh if you got to choose the next grand theft auto uh whether dustin or or any of our listeners here what would you if you're a grand theft auto fan of course what would you select for the era and the genre that you would like for them to put together keep in mind it's rockstar games and i'll leave it at that that is pretty much what I've got covered for news today. Now, let me pull up my list. Actually, maybe I'll pull up my list on my phone so we can talk about some of these guys. Uh, while I'm doing this, it has been pretty damn awesome going through. And Dustin, Dustin's done a really good job on this as well. And that's... Uh, trying to capture some of the some of the recent relevant news for for you guys for me uh for our audience and it, i feel like 
Like when I'm collecting news, it's like, oh, that's perfect. Oh, that's perfect. Um, and then trying to, uh, again, share it with everyone that's listening here. And it's uh, it's pretty good. I like it. I like it uh, a lot because, A, I'm learning a lot. I'm kind of keeping up with certain things. Um, and then hopefully sharing some of, of what's going on. So we're going to have to go through, or I want to go through this fairly quick. I did not intentionally uh drudge on for the last half hour but this is probably going to be a fairly fairly uh, long episode let's uh here we go here we go so 100th episode talked about some news now we're going to talk about director so 100th episode director's cut this is this is by no stretch all of my favorite directors by no, no stretch of the imagination. I had to stop. Uh, I, I started writing this list and I started getting exciting. And next thing you know, three days in and I've got, I had actually cut some people off and I was like, stop there. We can talk about some of these other people. Um, but just don't just stop. If you want to continue and do another episode on this, do it because the list was getting too damn long. And uh, again, I just want to, pay a little homage to to the the greats as some of them are uh getting 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 a little up there in age um but also to highlight maybe some movies that you haven't heard of or some projects that they've been tied to that you're not aware of i'm going to start off with one of my all-time favorite directors good old martin score sazy now um, I've mentioned this several times. I've been a I've been a fan of Martin Scorsese for a very long time. In fact, uh, he he's been one of my favorite directors probably since high school. I don't know. Let's uh, let's go into some of his uh, some of his things. So I'm on the I am I am DB page. I'm definitely not going to go through this dude's whole list because good lord, it is. A long, very long list. Um, it looks like he was a producer on several, on several items. Oh, here we go. I don't. Why is that even open? Hold on here. Oh, he's got. So he's got eighty credits as a producer. I don't. It's cool. He's a producer, but I want to. I want to dive into his film. What are we doing? Why was that tab even open? Here we go. Here we go. He did some short movies. In, fuck. He did a short movie in 1959. Another short in 63. 64. New York City. Melting Point. Documentary. 1966. Who's that knocking at my door? 1967. Jesus, man. I didn't realize. See, in some of this, I don't even realize. Italian American. 1974. Documentary. He did Mean Streets. 1973. Taxi Driver. 1976. Huge movie. I mean, some of these movies are really, really big uh, movies. Raging Bull, another humongous movie. Uh, That still stands up today. Michael Jackson's Bad, the music video. I didn't realize that. Or maybe it's a short video. Uh, He did New York stories, so a bunch of different, like, segment things. 1990, he does Goodfellas, which is still... uh, mentioned in today's cinema i mean that's that's how big that is that's so crazy uh he did casino another incredible mobster movie 95 another oh michael jackson video greatest hits history 
for the video bad. So he must have did. He was the director. He must have been the director of bad. And there's plenty of things in between. He did uh, Gangs of New York, which was a really cool movie. Uh, he did an episode on the show Blues, uh, The Aviator, The Departed, which was an incredible movie, Shutter Island, Boardwalk Empire, season one. I think it was he was a main producer in that one. He did uh, Hugo, Wolf on Wall Street, uh, The Audition, which was a short, Rolling Thunder review, a Bob Dylan story by Martin Scorsese. He did The Irishman, which was uh, a really good movie about Jimmy Hoffa. And it looks like he's actually got quite a few. He's got Roosevelt coming, Killers of the Flower Moon coming, and several other things. But Martin Scorsese, to me, is one of those guys, one of those directors that, yeah, he does, he clearly has done a lot of uh, Italian-American mob-style movies, corrupt movies, but nonetheless, he is an expert in his craft. I appreciate uh, the bulk of his work. Some of it I am not familiar with, as I only read you guys very very few segments of it, but he is still, in my opinion, one of the top guys. Let's go to another guy. This one, I'm going to go in a little bit of a different direction. A little bit of a different direction, but nonetheless, this next director I'm going to talk about made big news from being a small guy in the industry and then creating one of the one of the biggest movies of its time, and may, it maybe even still to this day, but his start, he definitely had humble beginnings, and uh, yeah, let me uh, switch this one over. I got to remember to do that for some reason. For some reason, you have to. Uh, I have to make sure and click that. Here we go. This director started. 1976 with a short movie called The Valley. Followed up with his next movie, Bad Taste, in 87. Meet the Phoebes, 89. Dead Alive, 92. Heavenly Creatures, 94. The next movie is the movie. I loved this movie as a kid. I didn't know the director or anything until after he did the movie, after the one I'm about to talk about. Um, but I did love this movie as a kid. Starred Michael J. Fox and others. And that was Frighteners. Have you guys seen the movie Frighteners with Michael J. Fox? A ghost movie. I don't know. I like that movie. 1996. You may be asking, who the hell is he talking about? What director is it, right? Not yet. 2001, he brought it home. He finally hit the mainstream. Finally hit the big time with a little movie called Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring to be followed up by the two towers in Return of the King in his juggernauts run on what a big movie could be. And that's Peter Jackson. And, of course, he also followed up with King Kong in 2005, The Lovely Bones in 2009. He's done, he did the Hobbit trilogy from 2010 to 2014. A couple of documentaries. And then I believe, according to this, he is working on The Adventures of Tintin, a Red Rackham's treasure. Peter Jackson. I remember when Lord of the Rings came out, it was huge. I mean, it was just the scale, the, 
the uh, execution of character, the just everything, the the effects, every. In fact, I just watched the Hobbit trilogy with my kids and my wife, and man, that he, he, my hats off to him. My hats off to uh, create something to such a scale, and it wasn't. I I don't feel like he did anything cheap about it, or he he he. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I my hats off to him. I, I think he's a hell of a hell of a director. As far as the Hobbit and Frighteners and and of course Lord of the Rings go. Again, that's Peter Jackson. Let's go to the next. This next fella. This next fella is a very interesting person. Kind of a strange individual. Again, is probably one of my favorite. One of my favorite. Um, directors of of all time, just hands down, this guy can create some crazy shit, and that person is Mr. Quentin Tarantino. So, Quentin Tarantino started in 1986. Actually, I don't know what the hell that is. Hold on here. Oh wait, I accidentally opened up. Ha. That would actually be kind of funny. Let me, he's actually got several. Let me go down to his. So he has 21 credits as far as director goes. 38 credits as an actor. 22 credits as a producer. I should have probably did that with the others, but oh, well. Let's dive into it. Quentin Tarantino. Um, my best friend's birthday, 1987, was his first official movie. I did not know that. I don't even know what that is. Reservoir Dogs. Of course, 92. And like all of his movies, that's the crazy thing about Quentin Tarantino. Like you have to have known at least one, but more than likely like five of Quentin Tarantino's movie. That's just how incredible this guy is at this. So Reservoir Dogs, 92, 91 to 92. Pulp Fiction, 94. He did an episode of ER. Four Rooms, which is an incredible movie. I, I remember being in, in uh, what, junior high, I think, or maybe high school when I saw that. It is worth watching. You got to see it. Tim Roth's in it. Quentin Tertino's in it. Antonio Banderas is in it. I think Madonna's in it. A lot of people are in it. Absolutely great movie. Four Rooms, 95. Check it out. Next is Jackie Brown. Another great movie. Kill Bill Volume 1, Kill Bill Volume 2. Uh, he did a guest director director scenes from the movie Sin City in 2005. He did Death Proof, the Grindhouse Productions film in 2007, Inglorious Bastards 2009, Kill Bill the Whole Bloody Affair 2011, Django Unchained 2012. Django Unchained, by the way, uh, I forgot to mention that earlier, was the reference for Leonardo DiCaprio's photo in the meme. Uh, Kill, uh, let me keep going, Hateful Eight, 2015 once upon a time in hollywood 2019 does look like he has some a uh, couple of things in the works there it says kill bill volume three announced and then django and zorro character slash comic i don't know what the hell that means but i will take whatever movie he wants to put out the guy seems crazy as shit i've seen several in interviews with them um he also of course played it played a role with uh helping robert rodriguez um or I should say, let me rephrase that, not helping. Robert Rodriguez and Quentin Tarantino have collaborated on several things. 
um, who is another director that I'm not going to dive too much into, but he has done a lot of really good movies as well and is more, in my opinion, a uh, international type director as far as what, what Robert Rodriguez does, doing films like From Dust Till Dawn, El Mariachi, and many others. That's Quentin Tarantino. I just mentioned Robert Rodriguez unintentionally. Let's uh let's keep let's keep going, shall we? The next couple, I'm gonna just throw a couple of speed balls at you with a couple of people that I thought were deserve probably more credit than what maybe they get as directors and are not long. They're not a Scorsese, they're not a Spielberg, but damn it, I want to bring them up anyways. I mentioned it several times. I think most recently on the Friday show, Justin or Justin, Dustin had mentioned him too. And that is a director by the name of John Favreau. If you're not familiar, John Favreau started off as a uh, actor, and he still does do acting, um, but broke through with his buddy Vince Vaughn on the movie Swingers in 1996, in which he also co-produced. So let's uh, let's start off with his first TV movie in 1998 called Bad Cop, Bad Cop. Another TV movie called Smog. Made the movie Made in 2001. Also made the mo- little movie called Elf, 2003. You remember that movie? Little little movie. Uh, Zathra, A Space Adventure, which was a video game, apparently. And then he did a movie called Iron Man, 2008. Iron Man 2, 2010. Cowboys and Aliens. Cowboys and Aliens got wrecked. It did not do very well at all. I enjoyed the movie. I thought it was kind of a weird take, but nonetheless was enjoyable. That was back in 2011. Did a couple of episodes on TV. Did the movie Chef. Now, I can't say enough good things about the movie Chef. Not only did he direct it, he also stars in the movie Chef. And it is, uh, I'm going to say Roy Choi, but I probably got him wrong. I think I think I did. Anyways, it's an incredible story. John Leguizamo is his co-host. Starts a food truck. It's essentially another guy's story that he knows. And I think it is Roy Choi, but I feel like I'm getting it wrong. Um, anyways, turned into this culinary blockbuster by just chasing his dreams. A lot of luck's involved, a lot of fucking hard work. But it is based on a true story in which they have the TV show Chef on Netflix. Highly enjoyable show where they work with celebrity chefs, celebrities, and they're always cooking things. It's a fun show if you're into uh, food network-ish style shows. But I, I don't know. I, maybe it's because I like John Favreau and, and, and the guests that they have. Anyways, that's on Netflix, too. Um, keep going. Uh, he did The Lion King in 2019. Something with Gnomes and Goblins, the video game. And then, of course, he did uh, The Mandalorian, and he's like the main producer of The Mandalorian. I forgot to mention he did Jungle Book in 2016, and what she's doing a follow-up is what it's saying right here to The Jungle Book. But a guy that predominantly started his acting and has been in a shitload of TV. It's pretty it's pretty awesome to see that he is capable of not only acting and doing some some good roles, but also to be able to be a high-level producer director. I mean, he got producer credits on Avengers Endgame, Infinity War, uh Young Sheldon, the Orville. I mean, like the credits on this shit is ridiculous but to be one of the guys that really helped launch and iron man was one of the movies that the mcu is recognized as kind of the big launching point for the uh feige 
new school MCU. It's it's pretty amazing. Let me go to the next director here. All right. This next one I wanted to add in here because it kind of blows me away this person's pure just capabilities. It's it, it really is. It's amazing. So And that is Mr. Jordan Peele. And the the reason I threw his name in the hat and the reason for some of these other directors, I didn't want to just rip through big guys that everybody knows. And they don't, don't get me wrong. Those that, uh, oops, hold on for a second. I have a technical, technical issue. I don't know what in the world is happening here. All right. Well, I'm just going to let it do it. I guess let it do its thing. One of my cameras is beeping at me, and I'm not sure what's going on. Anyways, this is Mr. Jordan Peele. Um, I, and, again, I'll glaze over some of the other big guys, and I won't drudge through all of the cinematog- or all of the videos that they've created. In this episode, maybe I'll do another episode here in the near future talking about it. But nonetheless, Jordan Peele, uh, he has 51 credits as an actor. I I feel like Jordan Peele has uh, some incredible potential for anything that he wants to do. I I like his, uh, his work. I like him in, uh, in the... TV shows I like I like a lot of what he's done but I again I feel like his uh let's do this what he's done as a director is pretty crazy he's got another one another horror movie but he did the movie Get Out and he did the movie Us in which were incredible movies they're they're mind benders and I hope to see more coming from him in the future. Uh, I've got a couple of names on here. I'm going to glaze over or run through real quick. One of the probably one of the biggest names, you know, Scorsese is a huge name, of course. Actually, all of the guys I've mentioned are pretty damn big. Um, and that's James Cameron, of course, is James Cameron. I mean, the guy's a another one of those guys that just knows how to bring it with, with doing the Terminator, the abyss. Uh, let's see. He did the screenplay. I didn't realize that he did the screenplay for Rambo. I didn't realize that. So he's got 23 credits under his name. Let me run through those real quick. He, he's just a incredible director. 1980 or 1978. He did a movie called a short movie called Xenogenesis. Jumping into 1981, he did Piranha 2, The Spawning, and then Terminator 84, Aliens, with, I'm assuming with Ridley Scott in 86, uh, The Abyss in 89, Terminator 2, which like still is a humongous movie, True Lies, Titanic 97, Avatar 2019, um, let's see. He's got a bunch of the last train from Hiroshima. The survivors look back. It says delayed. So I don't know what's going on with that avatar two, three, four, five. And then 
the informationist. So, and yeah, I mean, he's just a juggernaut. And then there's a bunch of stuff in between that he has his name tied to. And rightfully so when you're putting out movies like that and TV shows and you're a producer and in all of that, um, he's a master of his craft, like many of these others, uh, such as Peter Jackson with the Hobbit stories, Quentin Tarantino with his storytelling abilities, John Favreau with what he's done. Uh, let's keep going. Another one of my favorite all-time directors. Uh, he's got he's got a couple of hits and misses in in his belts, and probably isn't may not be as familiar to some as some of these other folks that I that I've brought in forward, but nonetheless, he is one of my all-time favorite directors, and that is Guy Ritchie. So Guy Ritchie did a couple of short uh, videos in 95 to include The Hard Case, West Bam, uh, Khan, and Stephenson, always music, so I'm guessing maybe that's a music video. I don't know what that is, but 98. 98, when this came out, this was a huge movie. came out. And I loved it. And it was years until anything came out like it. And that was uh, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. Two years later, he came out with the movie Snatch, which was an incredible, another incredible movie. He, of course, was married to Madonna and did Madonna What It Feels Like for a Girl music video. I believe he also did one called Star. Uh, he did a movie in 2002 called Swept Away. I have not seen that, but I did see Revolver is another movie that he did. And in 2008, he did Rockarola, which was a incredible movie. I encourage you, if you haven't seen it, check out Rockarola. I just, I, I love the, to me, Guy Ritchie is like the dialogue and character king, like just the way that he does. And it's British and it's a little bit of a different flavor and take. And I, I just like how he does it. Like Martin Scorsese, in my opinion, is kind of the mob and uh, crime king. Guy Ritchie is like the East or the European dialogue and character king. Uh, he also did The Man of Uncle in 2015. He did the Sherlock Holmes one and two. With Robert Downey Jr., of course. Uh, let's see. He did something with, I didn't know that, with uh, The Making of Defiant, which was an incredible documentary. King Arthur, Legend of the Sword. Didn't do too well on that one. Um, I, I thought it was fine. Uh, didn't get reviewed well and didn't show well. So uh, he also did the Aladdin movie. Not my favorite. I'm just going to say that. I feel like. Where he kills it is in his genre, and he was leaning, leaning, but, you know, who am I to judge his art? Uh, the Gentleman, another one of his, like, European gangster kind of movies. That's what he does very freaking well. Matthew McConaughey and a lot of other actors in it. Great, great movie. Um, it looks like he has quite a few movies and items on the books here to include Wrath of Man, Five Eyes, The Gentleman, the TV show, and Aladdin 2. So hopefully we'll be seeing more coming from Guy Ritchie. I also believe I recently read that he's working on a new, a brand new uh, Sherlock Holmes movie. So we'll see. I mean, obviously with COVID and everything, it, I guarantee who knows what the actual numbers and timing and all of that stuff is with these movies that I announced, not just for Guy Ritchie, but for everybody. Everything's kind of 
in a crazy, crazy spot. Now I'm going to go shoot over real quick to another director that has some crazy stories. Uh, in my mind, he th this guy can kind of jump all over the place, similar to like Quentin Tarantino, to where his stories are, are very well told and are definitely different, and that is Mr. Stanley Kubrick, who did some documentaries in the 1950s, Day of Fight, Flying uh, Padre, Fear and Desire, 1953, another documentary called The Seafarers, 1955, Killer's Kiss, 1956, The Killing, Paths of Glory, 1957, Spartacus, 1960, Lolita, 1962, Dr. Strangelove, or How I Learned to Stop Worrying, and Love the Bomb, 1964, 2001, Space Odyssey, 68, Clockwork Warren, 71, Barry Lyndon, 75, The Shining, as most of us know, The Shining, uh, 1980, one, one of my favorite all-time military movies, Full Metal Jacket, 1987, and then Iowa, Eyes Wide Shut, 1999. That's Mr. Stanley Kubrick. Seeing, like, I, I just had, like, five more directors' names that I'm like, damn it, I should have added them. I don't know. I'll revisit this at a later date. Okay. Um, I was going to put Michael Bay in, but Michael Bay is an incredible director, to me, Michael Bay is like Peter Berg. These guys know how to give you a fun, action-packed, badass story. That's what they do. They do it big time. Uh, Michael Bay, the king of explosions, has just done so many box office blockbusters. It's it's really an amazing thing. Um, the you know the other guy would be Steven Spielberg, of course. Another guy that is uh, you know Spielberg to me is one of probably the highest respected guys in the business with bringing just an insane amount of just big ass movies out and creating creating those big movies it wasn't wasn't one that was uh like handed to him for not for not really putting the work in for as long as he has it's absolutely amazing next the next uh director i glazed over those ones intentionally because i want to get through i've got a handful more and i want to end this episode but uh i did want to recognize a couple of these other guys one being mr judd apatow uh judd apatow if you you'll you'll know who i'm talking about by the time i get through his movies a comedic genius in my opinion um i like his work and i hope to see more from him he did uh the larry sanders show one of the episodes in 98 he did the tv show uh, freaks and geeks and if you guys have not little little tv little tv trivia for you if you haven't seen the show freaks and geeks and i think it only lasted one episode or not one episode one season pretty sure it only lasted one season um and it's unfortunate it did but it has quite a be quite a few stars big celebrities um and that's where they started so and there's some really cool stories behind the show and and, and everything um, he did a movie called North Hollywood in 2001, but the name that really, or the movie that really, uh, for me introduced me to Judd Apatow, I had, I had since after seeing the next couple of movies I'm about to announce, um, I rewatched Freaks and Geeks and, and familiarized myself with some of his other work, but that would be the 40 year old virgin in 2005, huge movie. 
Huge movie, very funny, uh, Steve Corral, and which was followed up by the movie Knocked Up in 2007. 2007, he also did The Hills with James Franco and Mila Kunis. Um, let's let's keep going. He did Funny People in 29, or 2009. He's got a couple of other shorts in there. Uh, this is 40 in 2012. Trainwreck in 2015. 30 for 30. 2016, some documentaries, several shows. Um, and then most recently, oh, that's cool. So most recently did Kings of Staten Island. I talked about that movie before. You got to check that out. Pete Davidson, and then you have Bill Burr and several other several other folks in there. A fun movie to watch, a good story, kind of a different story. And that's, that's what I appreciate about uh, these directors is their approach and how they turn what you wouldn't think like Staten Kings of Staten Island, I would never think would be a movie. Um, and then with watching it and how we got Pete Davidson and Bill Burr in and some of the scenes, I'm like, well, it's a pretty good movie. I mean, is it a, is it probably in one of my top 10? No, but it was still an enjoyable movie. looks like he is working on a George Carlin documentary. So I'd be interested to see what that turns into. Again, that's Judd Apatow. Um, I, what am I, I'm down to, I think three, because I already talked about Robert Rodriguez. There's his name on the list. I'm not going to go too far into that. Um, Let's see. All right, let's, uh, let's look, look at this. So I don't follow, I, I've seen some of these movies. Um, I don't follow just full, full disclosure here. I don't follow, uh, his work overly closely. I've seen, again, several of his movies. I did watch some really cool interviews with him and what he's built. And that, to me, is this guy is, in my opinion, a cultural icon as far as a director goes and what he's done for cinema, what he's done for uh, the African-American community, what he's done. This dude has his own freaking production companies. And if you guys haven't seen it, you got to check it out. That's Tyler Perry. You got to check out his uh, production companies and his land. And he's got some really cool videos where he's talking about all, all of the things he's done. And it's, it's absolutely amazing in my opinion um, to be able to do anything even close to what he's done, but not only has he done it, but he's, he's been able to create his art and, it's amazing. I feel like it's an amazing thing. So I'm going to run through a couple of his movies because he has quite a list in a lot of a lot of TV shows. Um, I do know with looking into some of the stuff, he, he's done very, very well. And he started with the Medea's Family Reunion in 2002. I Can Do Bad All Myself, 2002. Diary of a Mad Black Woman, 2002. Those were all big movies in his time. I remember when those came out. Um, and that's three movies also in one year, mind you, right? And he's got several, right? So Meet the Browns, 2004. Medea's Family Reunion, 2006. Why Did I Get Married, 2006. Medea Goes to Jail, 2006. Daddy's Little Girl, 2007. Why Did I Get Married, 2007. And the list just goes on and on. I mean, what a portfolio of work here. Like, holy shit. And that doesn't even... He's got the uh, 35 episodes of The Pains of 2000. 2018 uh love the neighbor 28 episodes for three years 41 episodes if love is doing you wrong 
And it just keeps going. 100, 171 episodes of House of Pain between 2007 and 2021. 20, Ruthless. The Oval. The Haves and Haves. I mean, like, this is crazy. That's crazy. He's also been in several movies and TV shows in two. My hat is completely off to Tyler Perry and many of these other directors. But um, to be able to, you know, hit the ground running and to create and amass such an audience and to create the work that you love and that you that you want to be a part of. That's that to me is what it's kind of all about. You know, I mean, that's that's what it is. So. Let me keep going. That was Tyler Perry already talked about Robert Rodriguez. We got we're down to two already. Two directors, and you know maybe I'll pull this list out with some different directors the next time I, uh, the next time around. Again, I thought it'd be kind of funny, or not funny. It'd be kind of fun to revisit some of the greats. This is our hundredth episode. I'm like, this is so awesome to be reporting that it is our hundredth episode. Um, the next one is again, one of my, one of my favorites. I got a lot of favorite, uh, directors if you haven't caught on and that is Mr. Francis Ford Coppola, 36 credits to his name. Oh, and actually did I forget? Oh, damn it. I think I forgot. Well, I forgot several. Um, so Francis Ford Coppola, let's go to his director, 36 credits to his name. Started with a short 1956 called No Cigar. Uh, he, as Thomas Colher, re-edited with new footage, footage 1959, Battle Beyond the Sun, The Bow Boy and Playgirls, 1962, Tonight for Sure, 62, The Rain, and there's so many freaking movies. Uh, the Godfather, 1972, The Godfather Saga TV show, 1977, The Godfather Part Two, 1974. Then he goes into Apocalypse Now, also an incredible war or military movie, 1979, One from the Heart, 1981, The Outsiders, which was, as a kid reading the book, The Outsiders, uh, I was obviously older, quite a bit older than this movie, but The Outsiders, the movie, if you guys haven't seen it, you want a good throwback movie with a incredible cast that turned into some of the biggest names in Hollywood. Watch The Outsiders, 1983. He went on to do Rumblefish and a bunch of like TV shows, it looks like. Uh, Tucker, the man, the man in his dream, 1988. The Godfather 3, 1990. Something with the trilogy. Bram Stoker's Dracula, 1992. Movie called Jack, 96. The Rainmaker, 97. Um, Tetro, 2009, Distant, and some movies I haven't heard of. Anyways, quite a quite a selection of just huge movies. And there's a lot of really cool stories, especially uh, with some of these guys, if, if it interests you, of course. They have some incredible, um, incredible stories that go far behind on how they did this. Uh, some of these guys got put into some pretty crazy situations um, as far as financials go and as far as actors go and actresses, and it's just pretty pretty wild. All right. Um, like I said, there there's probably another 20 directors, 10 directors, 15 directors that I'd love to uh, sit here and talk with you about today, but today is not that. Today, today is our 100th episode. And I'm going to end with uh, one of my favorite directors and a 
acting icon. Acting icon. He has 72 credits as an actor. And when I say that, I don't mean like like small, tiny movies. The guy's been acting since 1955. That's so insane. And he has 42 movies as a director. I've enjoyed a large amount of this man's movies. Let's dive into the last, but definitely not the least, Mr. Clint Eastwood. Started with uh, his directing debut in 1971 with the movie Play Misty for Me. Um, Several movies in the 70s. Uh, Let's see, he did Firefox in 1982, Honky Tonk Man 82, Pale Rider 85, Heartbreak Ridge 86. Um, He did the movie The Rookie 90, Unforgiven, which is an incredible movie. A lot of these movies are incredible movies, eh? Like at the time when I was a kid and I had to watch some of these, I didn't think I was, I, I, to be honest with you as a child, I didn't give a shit about these movies. As I grew to an adult, I rewatched some of these movies like the rookie, like heartbreak Ridge, um, pale rider and Firefox and, and, and others, uh, the outlaw Josie Wales. And it's like, Holy shit. This guy was, and is just not only an incredible actor, but an incredible storyteller with his, movies that he in some to some degree to act and to direct these movies that that's crazy to me i don't know anyways let's keep going absolute power 1997 true crime 99 space cowboys 2000 blood work 2002 mystic river which was an incredible movie 2003 flags of our fathers letters to iojima both in 2006 both incredible movies uh change uh changeling 2008 Grand Torino. I just recently watched Grand Torino again. 2008, incredible movie. And Vicious, 2009, Hereafter, uh, 2010. Jay Edgar, 2011, a great movie. Uh, Jersey Boys, I watched that. The Frankie Valley movie, 2014. American Sniper. That was an incredible movie. Very well done. 2014. Sully, 2016. The 1517 to Paris, 2018. The Mule. I rewatched The Mule recently. That was an incredible movie, too, where he's essentially a drug runner. And then Richard Jewell. I did watch Richard Jewell. What an, another incredible story based on a true story. Uh, to me, Clint Eastwood tells the way that he tells stories is. Uh, I don't know. I, I feel like it's like a story story, like a storybook story. It's just clean. It's very well executed. Um, in fact, he's the star in most of these movies that he directed and he plays his character very, very well. Um, I also forgot million dollar baby that got a lot of hype and many of these other movies, very, very successful. Uh, again, you know, there's, there's plenty of other directors I could have, uh, added and I will add maybe in the future. The point was to hopefully you heard maybe one movie, maybe two movies, that maybe piques your interest and you can dive back into your libraries, whether uh, between all the directors and movies I, I talked about, you can easily go to imbd.com, check them out or punch their name into Netflix, into Amazon prime, one of your providers there and check out some of these, like shake it up a little bit. Enjoy the art that some of these folks have put together and graced the uh, cinema world with. Um, I might do a continuation of this. 
at a later date because again there's i as i was going through this just more and more uh directors names just started coming to mind and it was like okay okay i gotta end it at some point at some point this podcast has to end we gotta move on we gotta head toward episode 101 i can't talk for four days or three days or or however many uh hours it would take to get me from monday into dustin's episode maybe we should try to do that we'll talk for three days straight and then four days straight or whatever the, the difference is between time. And we'll just cover you the whole time. But today is not that day. Well, here, here we are at the end of the episode. Uh, I, I can't say it enough. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to Monday Madness. Thank you for tuning into the Friday show. We definitely appreciate everybody that is, of course, listening sharing our content, uh, getting onto the platforms, leaving us reviews. Please do that. Check us out on Facebook, everywhere else. Uh, 2021, you know, we're, we're 2020, we, we ramped it up and we've been dedicated to doing uh, several episodes a week. And we're hopefully going to continue that momentum all the way through 2021. So you can expect that regularly. Um, and we're going to, bring different content that's that's the the fun of it is uh you know one week i might do this dustin could do the opposite and vice versa and uh hopefully we're bringing enough content to keep you guys actively listening to the culture podcast that's it guys thank you for tuning in make sure and subscribe have an incredible week and don't forget to catch your friday show with Dustin on Friday.